0: Today is Thursday, April 9, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Let's take a bird's eye view. Let's take a look at the chart. Let's discuss what's on the chart. And then we're going to have another type of discussion that's going to, say the least, be unorthodox as it relates to technical analysis. At least the garden variety type of technical analysis. And here's the deal. If you don't already think that I'm half bonkers, in about five minutes from now, you're going to think I'm all out, full tilt, scrambled eggs upstairs crazy nutcase but I've told you many many times inside my head is a very dangerous place to be some of you that haven't been here before some of you that are new probably haven't heard me say that before but you bought a ticket to the ride strap in so before we go forward let's get the chart cleaned up a little bit what do we need what don't we need we don't Need the 263 any longer. We do not need the 271.48. It was important. We do not need the 274.36. It was important. What do we have left on the board? One was moved from yesterday, and the other, which was 281, was hit almost to the penny today and ended up to be overhead resistance. Now, here's where the ride begins to turn the first corner. We've got a couple of things going. A, we can make a pretty good case that the market should pull back from here, that today should be some kind of at least an interim top, and we should have a decline. There is absolutely three reasons right in front of us on the chart that's taught right in the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader. Check that after further review. There's four reasons why today should be some kind of overhead resistance slash top slash pullback next week. It may very well be and work out to be that way. And based on what the market was doing and based on how the market was closing into the end of the day, a trader could have taken a short position against today's high if they so chose. But I'm going to give you the other side of the case. I'm going to be the umpire. We're calling balls and strikes. I'm going to give you the bull case and the bear case. The bear case, I gave you, it's in the course. Under normal garden variety market conditions, the market should pull back right here, right now. Why is there another side to that? Here's where technical analysis is going to go off the rails. Enter part art form part been doing this a long time have seen this before so it's an awareness and what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna put the storyline together so we'll start with what happened at 285 why is the goalpost post moved to 288.50 it is somewhat of a moving target i think the market can actually get up there maybe even slightly higher into the 50 period moving average however here's the caveat it has to do it Really, really quickly. We're not talking about next Friday or a week from Wednesday. We're talking about Monday, Tuesday. We're talking about a quick short covering rally, another panic buying session. Maybe it starts with a gap up Sunday night. We don't know. I'm just going to give you the storyline. Let it unfold how it unfolds. So right here, normal garden variety. A lot of traders are thinking top. Not necessarily for the same reasons that I may be thinking, or traders that have taken the course may be thinking, but there's a lot of traders thinking top. 280, 281, huge rally off the bottom, nice healthy ABC pattern, market's gone, quote unquote, too far, too fast. Let's short the tape, see what happens. A lot of traders take that avenue. As you know, I like to look at stuff that other people don't. Not that other people aren't looking at the futures, They just may not be looking at necessarily what I'm looking at or the way in which I'm looking at it. So here we have another 50-period moving average, and we have a chart that looks different than the SPY. It generally looks different because this trades around the clock, this is a daily chart, and I like to look at both. So I want to say, what do we have here that's different than the SPY? Well, let's go back a couple of days. Remember the tail candle we discussed. It's from the 7th, which was Tuesday. This tail candle right here. So again, under normal garden variety conditions, that tail candle would be a signal that price is going to go lower. And the question that I ask myself is, if price was going to go lower, where would it go to under normal garden variety conditions? Maybe not overnight, but ultimately Where would it go to? Where's the garden variety spot? We'll call it about halfway home. What do I mean by that? If you just take the low and then you take where the tail candle was and whether you take it from the top or you take it from the base of the body, doesn't really matter. Halfway home brings you down somewhere in the neighborhood of about 2450, give or take. This isn't an exact science. You have to go with me on this for a moment. So what we're saying is, If the tail candle worked and it produced lower prices, the lower prices would find support somewhere in the 2450 camp. Maybe a little higher, maybe a little lower. It's not really important. It's a general concept. You'll get the point in a moment. Just so happens that the body of the candle is also in the ballpark of about 2650, give or take. We're using round numbers. We'll call it 200 handles. Now, if you've been around for a while, I've said this many, many times. When the market starts to form certain patterns, starts to do certain things, we can generally use a number of things to predict where the resistance or support would be coming up. For example, we use something that's taught in the course called market symmetry. Well, I also use market symmetry with a little bit of a twist. So check this out. Market symmetry, to me, would also say, That same 200 handles that the market didn't do on the way down, it will likely do on the way up. It's not a lock, it's not a guarantee, but there's a method to the madness, just go with me. That puts the market roughly, or the ES in this case, roughly at 28.50. Maybe it's 28.40, maybe it's 28.80. This was the part art form, this wasn't the exact science. So here's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at a tail candle failure, meaning it would generally send prices lower, but it's failing, so it's sending prices higher. And just so happens, and there are no accidents or coincidences, the same 2850 happens to coincide with one of two nearby breakdown candle highs. The other one happens to be at the next big fat round number of what? 2900. Also just so happens that that coincides with the 50 period moving average. Now, that will be a moving target as it's sloping down each day that passes since it is, by definition, a moving average. It will move lower. But you can see where this target zone begins to develop. Now, you go back to the spider and you say, yeah, but everything sets up to where the market should move down. They put in a signal of a trend change. It's a pseudo-doji candle. Yeah, And they did the same thing in the futures the other day, and it failed. So why would or wouldn't this one work? We don't know. I'm using everything in the toolbox. If one just failed two days ago, I have no reason to believe with 100% certainty that this one's going to work out. And then you couple that with the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. We know a lot of traders are short the market, probably as of today, if not yesterday, the Fed handed the shorts a pie in the face before the opening bell today by issuing another couple of trillion dollars worth of stuff. The market can always go a lot higher or a lot lower than most traders and investors ever believe that it can. We always have to keep that in front of mind as an awareness. You put all this stuff together, and I'm saying, if the market drops on Monday, fine, fine. By definition, I wouldn't be surprised. On the flip side, I'm not so certain the market's going to drop on Monday. I'm half expecting or wouldn't be surprised to see them have another jam session up into or around the 50-period moving average. Now, there, my friends, would be an interesting place where this trader would put on some risk ...to the short side. A couple of days ago, nobody was even looking at the 50-period moving average. Nobody was expecting the 50-period moving average. The market has a tendency to do what you're not expecting. And maybe it took a little bit longer than five minutes... ...but if you didn't think I was bonkers then... ...you certainly think I'm missing a few cards out of the deck by now. How about a quick short hop, changing lanes. We're going to run through inside the numbers real quick. You can read everything for yourself... There's really only one thing of importance that I want to point out. And here's the reason why. Because it produced a positive trade for any trader that took the deal. Actually, I take that back. I'm going to point out two things. So as we scroll up, I'll point out the first thing. And then I'll point out the second thing. So here we go. Scroll down and get the rest of the pre-market notes. You can see the 830 update. That's when the Fed came to the window with another $2 trillion. Shoved another pie in the face of the shorts. They got it right up the keister. Let's go ahead and scroll up. There was nothing from stocks on the move. You can see we had some stuff on the board, and they would have worked out had the market been down. The market was starting down. We had some stocks on the move that looked like they were going to produce opportunity. And then when the Fed came to the window with a couple of trillion dollars, everything went in the other direction, and they take the opportunity off the table. That's just the way it worked. So let's go back up to the... uh, morning activity and we'll start here with the early thoughts so you can see those and then we'll keep keeping on and we're coming up pretty shortly because it happened rather quickly after the opening bell to the first thing that i want to point out which was where the market if in fact the trick trap fool and frustrate crew showed up to what shake out the weak hands who are the weak hands the johnny come lately's who are the johnny come lately's They're the traders that hop on board when the market is gapping up. It drives the price slightly higher. The rug gets pulled out. The Johnny-come-latelys have to exit the trade because they realize that the trade was wrong. They realized they were late to the party. They weren't really late to the party. They were actually at the party on time because Trick & Company waits on the Johnny-come-latelys to do exactly what they do all the time. And so here's the deal. If you know what they're doing, you can profit from it. You're not going to be right 100% of the time. We're going to be right most of the time though. And when we're wrong, we know where we're wrong. And that's what you'll see in the second thing that I'll show you later on. So we're looking for a mid-morning pivot. The market is trading higher. If it's trading higher in perpetual motion, we're looking for a mid-morning pivot top. If the market is trading lower, we're looking for a mid-morning pivot low. They don't come every single day, but they come a lot of the days. Just so happens, today's mid-morning pivot comes right around the ballpark of ES2800 and SPY280. I mean, come on. So now, after the mid morning pivot, what are we looking for? We're looking for a couple of things. Is the market gonna run sideways and then go higher? Is the market gonna have a pullback? Is the market gonna give us an opportunity by having a pullback into an identifiable support area? Yeah, 1015. If they pay a visit, this is the first thing that I wanted to show you. If they pay a visit to 277.60, 277.50, there should be support. In that zone, at least on the first run, if reached. The safety net is the low, 276.86. So check this out. Here's a five-minute chart. Here's the opening print today, 9.35. So the market does what? It runs up. It puts in the early morning pivot. It was a pivot. But we're looking for it. What do they do? They come back down to what? 277.60, 277.50. They came lower. The low was 277.06. But what happened after that? Well, it's obvious. They ripped higher. So my point is, any trader that got in the trade on the retracement or the pullback, also known as the shakeout, they basically picked off close enough to the low of the morning session. Nice job. Let's move it along. Now, the rest of it, you can start and stop. Pause the video whenever you like. You can read it at your leisure. The only other thing that I want to mention, which you'll see in the notes as you read it, is 279 you'll see 279 was important all day long for the most part and then you'll see what happened in the afternoon session when we started watching for 279 we didn't want the market to get below 279 if the bull case was to continue so again playing umpire if the market's bullish it's bullish just because it's high doesn't mean it can't go higher It's not easy to buy the market and sell it higher. I get that. But whatever the market's doing, we're providing the guidance. If it runs up to a price, consolidates sideways all day long, what's it doing? It's consolidating to make another move higher, regardless of how high it already is. So when that begins not to take place, we have to know where we're wrong. We knew where we were wrong. It was two seventy nine. million. Then we had some other stuff going on. We had the opening range low. If they got below the opening range low, they would head for the gap. They didn't get to the gap, but they headed for the gap. And then in the afternoon, it just becomes somewhat of a slop fest into a three-day holiday weekend. You don't want to be caught in a position. It's more of a spectator sport, at least the later the day goes on. We can finish scrolling up here, and you can see into the end of the day what happened. I'm providing the tour guide essentials right into the end of the day. Well, 325 was the last post. Nobody's going to do anything in the last half hour unless you're simply gambling. Looking at it from a different perspective, here's what 279 looked like. So you can see here, this candle here made a low of 277, pardon me, 278.88, and it ricocheted right off of that. But then when they gave it up, tried to retest it from down below and that was it. They just couldn't get back above. So it essentially was whether it was a few cents above or a few cents below, somewhere in and around 279 was the spot, at least from an intraday perspective. What else we got? What's going on in Camp IWM? Very, very strong, leading in the upward direction. You saw that if you read through the notes. My favorite market leading indicator. Gotta watch it every single day. All day for clues and evidence of what may be happening. It's not going to be the lead indicator every single time, but it's an awareness. We've got to know what it's doing. Did they fill the gap yet? No, they didn't. Should they fill the gap? Yes, they likely will fill the gap. Unless we have a failure leading into Monday, they should fill the gap. After all, think about it like this. It was up about 5% today. Were they up 5% to come that close to filling the gap and then fail and turn back in the other direction? No, not likely. You're not going to find that in any kind of technical analysis book. You're not going to find that in the CMT exam or whatever the heck it's called. You know what that is? That's just me talking. You know what else is me talking? Watch this. Look at the volume. The volume today was heavy. Institutional participation. Increasing volume on the way up is institutional participation from where I sit. Not bad volume on the SPY today. About on average, but the average is rising because of the volume pickup over the last couple of months. But definitely a pickup, not a drop-off in volume on an up day. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. What's going on down in the transportation department? A different story. Again, putting on the chest protector where the umpire... You have to say... The transports, which is my second favorite market-leading indicator, but my first favorite what? Canary in the coal mine. Right. Lagging today. Up 1%, but lagging. Has to be a puzzle piece. It's absolutely on the table. Doesn't mean the major market or major indices can't go higher next week, but a canary in the coal mine, this generally is. The transports. Are lagging How about the vix what's going on over here this is interesting so the vix has actually been creeping lower over the last couple of days we've had some nice big moves around the market but the vix is creeping lower so there's still somewhat of a buying contingent underneath the vix we have a 50 period moving average right underneath price okay what's this trader saying this trader's saying We could see a spike up in the S&P 500, let's say Monday into Tuesday. Maybe it's just Monday. Maybe it's Sunday night. Maybe it's a gap in crap. Maybe it's down right out of the chute Sunday night. We don't know. I'm giving you all the scenarios, but here's what I'm saying. Let's say the market goes up, the S&P goes up, into Monday, for argument's sake. It's the hypothesis. And okay, so the VIX would come down into the 50 period moving average, maybe slightly lower. There's a big fat round number there, about 40. So maybe it comes below the 50 period moving average, and maybe we find some kind of a top going on in the market, and the VIX, after this wicked pullback that looks something like this, big run up, wicked pullback into the 50 period moving average, and another shot higher. Don't have to make new highs, just another shot higher that would coincide with a pullback in the market. So we're projecting a few days ahead. We're just laying out the schematic. What do we got out in Silicon Valley? And this is also interesting. It's another puzzle piece. It's on the table. We had some struggles today with some of the tech stuff. SMH got taken out behind the woodshed. The queues were struggling, not participating. So here's where we have to realize that Not everything happens all at the same time across all markets. Hence, divergences. Divergences are what gives traders a clue on what might be happening next. So we have a potential divergence slash canary in the coal mine with the transports. We have a potential divergence or an existing divergence with the queues. And by the way, even if we had an update on Monday and the queues participated... It could go into the 50-period moving average and fall right back down, and this still would have been a canary in the coal mine of sorts. Why weren't they participating when the S&P was up 1.5% today? It's a good question. That's why we're bringing it up. And then you had good old smash mouth into what? The 50-period moving average and a crap out. Now, got to look at this both ways. Again, umpire. So I could be this as a flagpole, and we could have a bull flag forming right here so there could be nothing wrong and this could actually produce another or continuation move to the upside there's no reason that can't be happening it doesn't have to be happening but it's an awareness we have to be aware we also have to be aware that we had a failure at the 50 period moving average and the market was up today so it's strange It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. It's a divergence. Not everything always happens at the same time. But that's how we get lead-ins to what is happening into the near term. You know, sometimes when you look around the horn at a variety of different charts, you never know what you're going to find. So here's something I found. The 240 chart goes into the 100 period moving average and essentially gets rejected after putting in A sign or signal of a trend change. And this is right out of the course. There's a lot more stuff, but this is in the course. So the same thing applies. We can look at this both ways. This is still be a bull flag pattern. There's no reason it can't be, but we have to be aware of what else is going on from the other side of the coin. If the market was wildly bullish and we were going to see another huge leg of the upside across the board, Why would the SMH be selling today when the Dow and the S&P was up? Why wasn't the NASDAQ up when the S&P and the Dow were up? Why? Because something's up. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you and that without you, these videos are not possible? This is true and accurate information. I'm going to use this opportunity to pull the ripcord. It's everything that I really wanted to and intended to discuss tonight. I know it was off a little of the beaten track, a little bit kooky. I get that, but you're inside my head. It's a dangerous place to be. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.